Hey, what's going on, family? Welcome to another episode of The Finance Bruh, where we have real conversations with real people about money. Today, I want to talk about home ownership, right? And not in the sense of like you own your home and you're in it. I want to talk more about, you know, first time home buyers and you're trying to get into purchasing your own home, but you don't necessarily know what you need to do. And the thing that drove me to make this conversation or have this conversation today or put this episode out is that I'm seeing a lot of people on social media push the the narrative that we need ownership, right? And I agree with that 100,000%. We all should own everything, right? However, no one's really taking the time to tell them the steps that are necessary or required for them to be able to get to the point of ownership. There's a lot of people that I've seen personally um, that I've worked with and had conversations with that think that they can jump from, you know, not managing their finances properly, not knowing what's on their credit, their credit scores jacked up, and they think they can jump from this, this place of a disorganized financial situation to home ownership next month. And unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. And when they do that, they become discouraged and they think that the system's working against them. And there are steps that can be put in place to allow them to be able to purchase their home when they want it. But the problem is, you know, first they have to put in the work and do the necessary, take the necessary steps to get there. And, you know, a lot of people want to be able to do the things when they want to. And unfortunately, the world doesn't work like that. You know, the, the world isn't going to necessarily bend to our will and do what we think it should do because we're special, right? A lot of us think that we're special. So things should work the way we want them to. And the quicker we're able to get over that thought and that belief, the more successful I think we'll be. So jumping into it, you know, first, let's talk about common mistakes that I see personally with clients and, and other people who give me calls asking about, you know, the process to get towards home ownership. So the first thing is, you know, people don't know that they can shop around for different mortgage rates, right? So a lot of people will get with one more mortgage company and they'll have a con see what they offer them and they think that's it but actually you can shop around with different um mortgage companies and and lenders and see what rate best suits you you know if that one place can't give it to you you're more than welcome to go and see if someone else can give you those rates before you know locking in and taking what you presented by that one person and i actually encourage people to shop around see what else people are offering because that's just going to help you have a a better base and see what's out there and make sure you are getting the best deal for yourself secondly there's a lot of people that wait for you know whether let's say like buying a home or a car right there's a lot of people who i know that want to buy a home and I ask them, Hey, so have you reviewed your credit? Do you know what's on it? And they'll typically know their scores, be it through whatever means they get it, which um, normally is credit karma, which I have conversations about, but that's not just for you listening. If you're looking at credit karma and looking at your credit scores, and then you're thinking you're about to go buy a home based off of those scores. Don't do that. Go to annualcreditreport.com and get your real scores so that you know where you sit. All right. But the issue I have with this is there's a lot of people that don't want to look at their credit and they're like, oh, well, I'll wait for the lender to tell me what's wrong. That's the wrong answer. All right. Because now not only are you putting yourself in a position to not know what's going to be on your report, if you get denied, now you don't even know why. So if they tell you, now you're just behind the Powerball. You could have saw the issues beforehand, took care of those and made sure that you were in the prime position to make sure that you qualify for the home loan. But people aren't doing that. Um, you know, that they're, they're letting fear get to them. Like, what if something is wrong? 
Um, and I'm going to be honest, the time to find out if something is wrong with your credit isn't when you're sitting in front of a lender or waiting for a lender to hit you back telling you, hey, you qualify, you don't based off of these things on your credit report. Do yourself a favor and know what's on there beforehand so that you can take the appropriate steps to make sure you get there. And we'll talk about credit a little bit more. But, you know, another thing is that people really fail to budget properly. You know, um, they think there's a lot of people to think the whole home loan will get rolled up. Uh, or all the fees associated with buying a home get rolled up into the loan as it, that isn't the case, right? So you have to make sure that you're budgeting properly to account for all that, you know, your closing fees or your closing costs, you know, if you have appraisal fees, all these other things that pop up that you're going to have to pay for in cash, right? But I've seen a lot of people who want to purchase a home and then, you know, you ask, hey, how much money do you have saved? And they, I've had some people that only had a couple hundred dollars saved. And it's no, no knock to them. You know, everyone has to start somewhere. However, you also have to be educated on what you're trying to do, right? You can't go sit in front of a lender telling them that you want to buy a home and you only have $100 or $200 to your name in cash, right? So um, you have to have some type of assets to be able to cover those costs. So that's something that I want people to, to think about. And if you want to, if you don't really know what fees can be associated with it, look up a sample, um, look up a sample loan estimate. All right. You can find those online and you can see what kind of fees are associated with home ownership. So you can prepare yourself. Then, you know, you can make the adjustments based off of the area that you live in and expectations. But I would say you need to have at least the bare minimum of the closing costs there so that you can do what you need to do. All right. But you, you can't have no money saved and think that you're going to be able to purchase a home because you're going to end up in a bad situation. And nine times out of 10, they're probably just going to tell you you don't qualify still. All right. Then a lot of people just don't do their own research before trying to buy a home. You know, they jump into the situation blindly and they're full of anxiety and they don't know what's going on. And that's really just because they didn't do the research, you know, and this day and age, people will go on Google and look up whatever they want at any time why not go look up on Google what the process is for buying a home? What do you need to do? What things should you have in place? What steps should you take to make sure that you're most prepared to get approved for that home loan? Um, what, are, what do certain terms mean? Um, how, what, is, what is amortization? Like all these things that people are like, ah, I don't really know what that is. Do the research up front and figure out what it takes. See what it, the home buying process is like from start to, to finish, right? Like, hey, I should be pre- pre-qualified or pre-approved before I go see a realtor. Well, why is that? Because they know how much money I'm going to get, which means they can help me find a home that is most suitable to my budget, right? To what I can afford. And then on top of that, you're not going to them wasting their time telling them, hey, I want to buy a home for $60,000. Now, I, I hear that a lot um, from, from realtors that I work with. You know, people come in with these unrealistic expectations and all of that can be curved by doing your research but you can't sit there and get mad with the, the realtor or the, the loan originator um, when they telling you that you can't get what you want. When, if you took, you know, an hour or two out of your day to do some research, you would quickly realize that those things that you expect aren't realistic, especially in the area that you live in. So do some research for yourself before you try to jump into this thing so that you go in informed and help not only yourself, but you can help the people who are supposed to be helping you um, be more effective. Then, you know, we talked about, we're talking, <clears throat> then, you know, want to talk about not researching and preparing for the expenses that come with home ownership, right? So a lot of people will be like, oh, I can afford the mortgage. Well, I'm cool now, but they're not thinking about the fact that now you are, you know, your electricity, your water, 
You know, if your house is on a gas line, do you have gas? You got security. Are you going to have to pay for trash? Are you going to have to pay for someone to mow your lawn? There's all these other things that you're going to start accounting for when you have a home. Um, little, little things you have to replace like monthly or every few months, like air filters, right? Do the research for that stuff as well. What, what comes with home ownership? What kind of things do I need to account for in my budget now? Because you need to start planning the budget for that um, beforehand, right? If you know that, hey, I know that this is going to cost this much. Now you can start working that in your budget. So before you even get in the home, you maybe you already started cutting some things off to make sure that you have that money available. The time to figure out that you need to make some changes isn't when you're in the house and you have all these new bills popping up and now you're behind and you're using credit, you're running your credit cards up because you aren't planning your finances properly. It's not what you want. So make sure you research what the expenses are that are going to come with home ownership. And then with that, the research as well, look up the qualifying credit scores for the type of loan you want. Um, are you going to do VA because you're military? Are you getting FHA? Are you getting conventional? Do you qualify for USDA? Go on Google and see what those qualifying credit scores are. Don't That way you can remove a lot of anxiety from yourself. Hey, I know that I have a credit score that is higher than this, so I should be good. At least I know that I'm at the, at the bare minimum of what they say I need. Now, there's other things that may feed into it, which we'll, I'll cover some of those things later, but that's huge. Um, and uh, another huge mistake, and I've actually actually just heard another story about this about a week or two ago, but making large purchases while you're still in the process of closing the loan, right? So people, there's a lot of people who, for instance, right? And I'll tell this story um, because this was pretty interesting, but there was a person who was two days from closing on his home loan and he ended up purchasing a brand new vehicle. Now, the issue with that is when you make a large purchase while you're still in the process of closing the loan, which means you haven't signed, it hasn't been closed and you don't, you aren't like owner or sitting in the home at this point, right? That large purchase can now affect your debt to income ratio. So whereas before you may have qualified for the loan based off of your current debt to income ratio, that new purchase now reporting on your credit has just skewed your qualification. So whereas before you would have been good. Now that person actually, after making the purchase of the vehicle, got disqualified for the loan two days before he was supposed to close on his home. Not much you can do with that. So for the people listening, if you are about to purchase a home or you're in the process of looking at it, make sure that you do not make any large purchases, be it furniture, a car, a boat, um, anything that's going to add debt to your name. Don't do it until you are able to knock down your debt to income ratio, all right, or until you close so that you can make sure that your debt to income ratio is still within qualification standards. Now, the next thing is I get a lot of clients and they're only concerned with their credit, right? And credit is important, but I tell people all the time, if your credit is not good, it's typically an indication that your personal finances are not good. So a lot of people will try to, you know, do little quick fixes and all right, if I get this taken care of, get that, that'll qualify me. And they're trying to just fix it so it looks pretty so that they can qualify for the home without getting to the root of the issue. And I'm definitely going to have a, a show about this topic on its own because I think it's extremely important. And um, I mean, really, I got a lot to say about it. So for those, those of you who like listening to me, stand by for that show. But um, all of that is important, right? So credit is important, but, you know, even if you have a qualifying score, 
you still need to worry about your debt to income ratio. So even if your credit's good, you pay all your bills on time, that doesn't matter. If you have a 90% debt to income ratio, I find it hard to believe that anyone's going to loan you the money, right? And one of the things that one of the questions I posed to um, some people one time was, hey, <clears throat> say I wanted to borrow some money from you. And the amount of money that I wanted to borrow from you and the amount that I would have to pay you back monthly would be more than I have left over every month after paying all my other expenses, right? So say I have $1,000 left over, but you know, I'd have to pay you $1,500 a month. Are you going to pay? Are you going to give me that loan? It's always a very quick, very aggressive no. And then I flip the script and I say, so why would a lender do anything different? And they're like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, if all, most of your money is already going to other debts, it don't matter how on time you are with your payments. You're not going to physically have enough money to pay them. Even if you do, they have to make the risk assessment that, like, hey, if times get hard and this person can no longer make payments on all their bills, are they going to choose something else? Or are they going to stop paying their mortgage? Everybody wants to get their money, right? You want to get paid? So do they. So the best way to make sure that you don't have to run in that situation, pay your debts off and then get your debt to income ratio as low as possible so that you're good to go. All right. And then we get into budgeting because, you know, a lot of people that I see who have issues with their credit also do not budget and they have no idea about where their money's going. They don't know what their habits are. They can't tell you, you know, I had, I have a lot of people, well, I, well, I keep my budget in my head. And I had a, actually uh, a Marine at the time, like he was, uh, I was working with him with his finances and I was like, hey, where's your budget? He's all like, I do it in my head. I was like, okay. And I asked just a quick question. Like, how much do you think you spend a month eating out? And he was like, oh, I know for sure. $80. Cool. And then we went and looked at his bank statements and he actually spent more like a thousand dollars. Right. So it's, it's important for people to really sit down and maintain your budget. And there's a lot of people when I say, oh, you need to maintain your budget. I get size and then oh, budgeting. No one really needs to do that. But you do. There's no better way to track what you're spending than to have your budget and track your spending actively daily to make sure that you're staying within the, the boundaries that you set for yourself financially. So when it gets to budgeting, you know, I have a few tips for, for people listening, especially when it comes to preparing for, for home, home ownership. So one being zero-based budgeting. I always recommend people use a zero-based budget. You can look that up on, on Google and you can see how that works. Um, I also do, so I do do a webinar too monthly. So uh, third Thursday of every month, I'll do a preparing your finances for home ownership webinar where we'll sit down and we'll talk about how to create your budget and you know things with credit and all that nature. But I do recommend using a zero-based budget because that makes sure every dollar that you have is assigned to something, which means that you won't be spending it frivolously. Um, you should also be budgeting to save money for your down payment, which I spoke about earlier. So there's a, there's a lot of times where people think that, you know, I'm going to be just good. Now make sure you have the money available to do that. And then if you want to do things like buy furniture and, you know, decorations for the home and all of that plan ahead and start saving the money for that. You know, I, one of the biggest things that I don't like is the fact that people will go through all the struggle to you know, get their debt to income ratio down, they're paying down debts, they got their credit up. And then as soon as they get the thing that they want be at this point, a house, now they go and they put $10,000 of furniture on one credit card, and they put another five grand on another credit card for, 
um, you know, decorations and things around the house, a new grill, you know, putting some a kiddie pool in the back. And it's just like, yo, you could have now not only are their credit cards maxed out, their credit their credit scores dropping again because their debt to income ratio too high, their credit utilization is way too high. But you could have prevented all that just by planning ahead and taking your time. And that's another thing is 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 time, right? So it, people just want to rush and it's like, I want it now. I need to do it now. I'll take all this. I'll I'll get all this stuff handled later. That's what credit's for. That's cool, but if you're patient and you make sure that you're taking the necessary steps to put yourself in the right position, now you get in that home, it's a completely different experience. You pay, you've paid for all your furniture, but it was with the cash that you saved for it. You may have bought all those nice little trinkets to decorate the home and do all that stuff, but you did it with the cash that you saved for it. So now you don't owe anyone anything. Your credit's still good to go. And you have everything in your home that you own, right? So that's something to think about when it comes to that. Then, you know, also look for ways to start saving money if you do need to save money for these things, you know. Do you need to sell your car and drive a cheaper car? Now, granted, in today's economy, that may be a little bit more difficult to find a cheaper vehicle. But, you know, that's just a recommendation. Not saying you got to do that, but that's just something, right? Or um, maybe you live on your own. Can you get a roommate to cut down on your living expenses? Could you move in with someone else to cut down on your living expenses? I say this a lot, and I'm going to continue to say it whenever you hear me speak. It's a small-time sacrifice for long-term long -term reward, right? So can you sacrifice living with someone for six to eight months so that you can save enough money to make sure that you can qualify for the home that you're going to move into? Can you sacrifice living by yourself for six to eight months with a roommate so that you can make sure that you're saving enough money to do what you need to? Right? People are, ah, I need my own space. I can't do that. Well, cool. You don't want to get a home, right? Because if you truly wanted to reach that goal, you're going to find sacrifices that you can make to make sure that you can do those things. And while those things may not be ideal, it's some of the easiest things that you can implement quickly to make sure that you put yourself in a position to be successful with home ownership. And then, you know, another building an emergency fund, right? So along with the savings, and we talk about saving for your furniture and all the stuff around the house and for down payments, but also you should have an emergency fund, right? Typically, uh, for what I've seen, a lender wants to see at least two to three months of, so let's say for easy math, right? Your mortgage is $1,000. You know, if they see $3,000 in an account, they know that, hey, if you were to hit hard times, at least they know that it, if you, ha you have three months of payments there till you figure things out, that's going to make them a lot more comfortable. Even for yourself, you should want to make sure that you have an emergency fund to take care of emergencies, right? So if, if you lost your job, and, you know, you, you should have a six to 12 month emergency fund there to make sure that you can cover your expenses. And that's everything, right? So you have your mortgage, all that other stuff, figure out what that number is. I'd even add 10% to it, right? Just to make sure that you'd be good to go and then do that for six to 12 months. So multiply that times six or 12, you'll figure out what that number is, right? So if you're, if you spend $2,500 a month between your mortgage and everything, all the money you spend a month turns out to $2,500 a month <clears throat> with your mortgage payment, then times 12, that's 30 grand. So if you have 30 grand saved up somewhere, now you know that if you hit hard times or COVID-20 hits now, and then people start getting laid off, you know that hey, you have a year to figure things out and you've taken the necessary precautions to make sure that while it's not ideal, you have a fund that can fund you for a year while you find another way to 
um, get income in for your home. And that's really what that's for. So I always tell people, make sure you have an effective emergency fund so that you can take care of things when an emergency does arise. Um, another thing, <clears throat> when it gets to, to home ownership, right? So a lot of people is like, ah, I want this and this and this, and I need to live in this. And that's either home ownership or where you're renting as well, right? Um, because this applies to both. But a lot of people like to live above their means because they feel like they deserve it. It's one of the worst things you can do, right? Because typically, if you look at anyone's financial picture, the majority of their money each month goes to where they live, whether it's renting or their mortgage, right? So with that being said, you want to make sure that that's within a a realm that you can actually afford, right? I've seen some people whose living expenses were 65% of their monthly income. Then they wonder why they have no money for anything else. That's that's ridiculous, right? So the recommended percentages that I tell people when it comes to getting a home, whether you're renting or you know, you're purchasing and getting a mortgage, it should be between 25% and 35% of your monthly income. Right. So you can do that math very quickly. You whatever you make, figure out what 25% of that is, figure out what 35% of that is. As long as you're within that range, you'll be good. And I always tell people I recommend being closer to the 25 because that leaves you more money to do other things with. But at least if you're within that window you know that you're going to be covered, right? And something else that I didn't hit on earlier was with the research part is really looking into even the payments, right? So one of the, one of the things that, that shocked me, so when I bought my first home, you know, after a year, I had been, you know, making my payments on time, doing all this, and I looked at my remaining balance on my mortgage, and I was like, hmm, this is a lot lower than I thought it was. You know, I've been paying this bill every every month for a year. Like, I feel like this balance should be lower. And then I actually read through the fine details of my bank statement and realized that part of the payment was going to principal, but majority of it was going to interest. And then I did research, found out that majority of installment loans, such as a mortgage or a car, the interest is front loaded on, the, on, those, on those accounts. So that means that majority of your payment every month is actually going towards the interest that is accruing on that account. So you have to keep that in mind as well. Know how much of your payment is going towards interest and how much is going towards principal. All right. Just that's just important things to know. But also for those of you who didn't know that, you know, that's, that's also something for, for your knowledge base. Right. And that's whether you have, if we're talking about a home or we're talking about a vehicle because your vehicle is the same way. If you haven't look at your vehicle payments, see how much is going towards the principal and how much is going towards the interest. You should, you should know that. All right. Because that, that'll help you figure out how much money that you, so say, for instance, we're not talking about a home. Now let's say a car, if you want to pay off your car, you're going to be able to do that calculation to see how much money you would save by paying that vehicle early, how much money you're going to save on the interest, right? Because a home, you know, if you're going to be in this, if that's your forever home, then cool. You can talk about paying it off early, but you know, with someone who's, you know, probably you're going to be moving again and you have that, you know, maybe you're not going to pay it early, which means you're just going to make those payments on time. And if you, if you have a three bedroom home and you rent out one or two of those bedrooms, I mean, maybe you're not even paying a mortgage at all. Maybe your tenants that are in the other two bedrooms are covering that mortgage for you. And you kind of just using it till you leave. And then you rent the whole home out as a, and now it's an asset, right? So um, I really, really want people who are listening to this right now to understand that if you if you have an apartment, if you're renting a home, or if you have a mortgage, you should be staying between 25% and 35% of your monthly income. That's going to make sure that you are not overspending on your 
home expenses and you have other money to do other things with like pay your other bills on time um making sure <clears throat> that you're not missing any payments because if you have too much money going to one place it's going to be a point where something else has to go and now you're going to feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck and should i pay this bill or this bill no one wants to be in that position and you can prevent yourself from being in that position by planning and preparing yourself to do so all right so overall this is this is just something quick i feel like needed to be put out there because once again I do feel like, you know, everyone should own things, but we have to talk about the steps that are necessary to get there. And that starts with preparing yourself financially. You need to have a budget. You need to save enough money to cover everything from closing costs to appraisal fees to all that. You should be taking the time to save money to so that you don't have to um, use your credit cards, run up your credit cards to buy furniture and things for the home. The more you can plan up front, the less painful it's going to be on the back end. No one wants to move into a new home get all this stuff. And then now you have to work for six, eight months a year to pay down all these debts on these credit cards because you didn't take the time to plan for it. You can't even enjoy your home, right? You're sitting in here and you have all these bills that you're trying to play. You're trying to pay down these debts and that's no fun, right? So I encourage everyone to, if you're looking to buy a home right now, make sure you're, put, you're putting these steps in place and doing uh, the necessary things to make sure that you're in the most effective position to to purchase that home and not get denied because at the end of the day right if you go and you know that you haven't done the things that you needed to do to qualify for the home not only do you get denied but now you have these inquiries that are on your credit report that serve no purpose because you got denied for the thing that you applied for when they pulled your credit so now not only that you have this thing that brought down your score a little bit it's just it's things can add up very quickly to discourage you, right? So I encourage everyone to, you know, really take a step back, be patient, which is a big thing. I'm going to say it again, be patient. If you know you don't have all the money you need right now, save to purchase a home, don't try to jump into it just because you want to do it now. It's going to be much more effective for you to wait a little bit, get the proper steps in place, make sure you have the proper money saved, make sure that your accounts look good. If there's so, if you do review your credit and you see, say there's an account that doesn't even belong to you on there, now you can take steps to make sure that that gets removed before you go see a lender. The last thing you want to do is one thing to get denied based off of a mistake that you made on your credit and you just have to, you know, figure that out. It's a whole other thing when you go and you get denied for a loan just to find out that the account that you're getting denied for doesn't even belong to you. All right. So take those steps, look at your credit. Don't be scared of it. Learn how to read it. If you don't know how to read your credit, you can reach out to me and I'll teach you how to read it. We'll go through it. I'll tell you what I see good and bad and tell you what I think you should do moving forward. All right. And then just make sure you're managing your money properly. Start saving more. Look at where your spending is. Take care of these habits. Now, once again, like I said before, if your credit isn't where it needs to be, it's typically an indicator that neither are your personal finances, right? If you have missed payments, that means you have no systems in place. You don't have reminders. I know you don't have a budget. On your budget, you should have, beside whatever those bills are, you should have the date that the bill is due on there. So that you, when you put in how much you spent for that bill that month, you also see the date that is due. You have Everyone has cell phones, right? Whether you have a iPhone or a Droid, I know they both have a calendar. You should be putting calendar reminders every month when that bill is due to remind yourself because even if it's on auto pay auto pay doesn't always work but if you have that reminder in your cell phone it pops up hey this bill is due today it takes you a minute or two to go pop in that account 
to make sure the bill was actually paid. I've actually personally had a moment where um, I went and I did that and I realized that the auto pay system in that account was not working. So if I didn't actually have these systems in place and just assumed that everything was taken care of, I wouldn't have known that the bill wasn't paid until the following month, which is 30 days, which means I would have had a 30 day late payment on my credit. Not what I want, right? Because I put those proper systems in place. Now I didn't have to worry about that. And I was able to catch something as an error before it became a bigger issue for me and having to jump back through trying to see if I can get that late payment removed. That's just stuff that I don't want to deal with. And I know y'all don't want to deal with either. So once again, take the proper steps now, be patient with yourself. Don't try to rush into things and make sure that you're building this solid foundation for yourself. Because once you build this foundation for yourself, you'll be able to do whatever else you want, right? And then when when things get, you know, difficult, life hits, you know that you're going to have all these things in place and set up so that you can be effective and start reaching your goals when you want to and, and not being subject to other people's beliefs about you because you didn't take the, the proper steps beforehand. So not a long show today. But I really wanted to put this information out there, drop some hints and some tips for people who are, per, you know, currently looking to purchase a home or wanting to buy a home. You know, it's, it's not a you go from point A to point D, right? There's steps in between. So let's just all encourage each other to make sure that we make making the proper steps, you know, seek information from people, ask questions. You know, don't be the person that feels like you know it all or that you don't have to ask questions because that's only going to come back to bite you in the end. Be humble enough to go ask people what you need to do, figure it out so that you can make sure you're putting your best foot forward at all times. Thank you for listening to The Finance Bruh. If you feel like this episode has added value to you today, then please be sure to go to Amazon and purchase a copy of my book, The In The Smoker Mindset. You can also go to my website at www.inthesmoker.com and sign up for my budgeting course. You can also find more information on my financial coaching and credit repair services. And if you really want to help support the brand, you can also purchase some merchandise. Let people know what In The Smoker is about. All right. I hope to see you next week. Let's get into smoking.